Thanks, Valerie. Um, it's so awesome what the Lord has done in you and through you already. And we're just so grateful for you um, giving this year back to Chi Alpha, JMU Chi Alpha. I know you guys are grateful for her and I can hear you cheering from up the street uh, for Valerie. So we're gonna pray, cause it's been a day. <laughs> um, Lord, just thank you for this night. Thank you for technology. Um, thank you for the ability to be united by your Holy Spirit, even when we're not physically together. Lord, I pray that this evening would glorify you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm gonna move this back a little bit because I'm a little concerned it's gonna crush one of those lights and then it would go dark. And that's not the kind of like ambiance we're looking for tonight. So, let's see. Awesome. Um, well, if you haven't met me, my name is Katie Moran and I am one of the campus pastors with JMU Chi Alpha. You got to hear from my husband Josh last week um, in a message about Paul. So a man who used to be named Saul, who was radically transformed and so transformed that he got a new name, Paul. And just like Valerie was describing, one day Paul's eyes were just opened to who Jesus is. And because of his encounter with Jesus, his life was forever changed. And so um, tonight we're going to take a look at a letter that Paul wrote to a church. But first I want to share a story from my life to help you get to know me a little bit better. Um, so one thing that you should know about me, it's really important because I may need you one day to drive me home. Um, and that is, I have really, really, really bad eyesight. I cannot see clearly at all without contacts or glasses. And I even keep my spare glasses in my car because I'm worried that if I lose a contact somewhere and I'm away from home, that I won't be able to drive home safely. I wouldn't even attempt it. Um, and I remember the first time that I got glasses. I was in sixth grade. Everyone seems like they were getting glasses and braces that year and I was so jealous. I know it doesn't make any sense really, but I was. I was really jealous. It seems like all the cool kids are getting reading glasses and getting braces and I was like, I want those things too. And so I went to the eye doctor and they were like, yeah, you need glasses. And I was like, great, this is awesome. I'm gonna be like all the cool kids in my class. And so I went next door to the optometrist that was in Walmart. Um, I went next door to the, like where you buy your glasses and I picked out some frames and um, they put the lenses in that were my prescription. And when I put them on, these were not them. They were not as cute as these. These are blue light glasses, which you guys should all get, by the way, especially you, Hannah Montero. Um, so I put the glasses on and I was like, I just stood there shocked because I was seeing clearly for the first time in my whole life. And my vision is so bad. Minus six in contacts, if that means anything to anyone. Um, it means that if you were standing 600 feet away from my husband, Josh, in order for me to see that clearly, what you see at 600 feet, I would have to go 
20 feet away from him. It's wild, it's really bad. So when I put on these glasses, when I put on these glasses, I was stunned because I didn't know before that point that you were supposed to see so clearly. And I had been seeing things inaccurately because I wasn't wearing the right lenses. And so that's a fun story, right? Getting glasses, being able to see everything, being able to see the details and see everything accurately and as, as things are. Um, but what about when it's not just objects that you're seeing? What if what you're seeing inaccurately is who you are? What if what you're seeing inaccurately is who you are? When we see ourselves inaccurately, that's when problems start. And that's precisely the point of this letter that Paul, the man who was transformed by Jesus in our story last week, that's why he wrote this letter to the Corinthians. It's because he wanted them to be able to see clearly. It's this theme of our semester. Our semester's theme is called Reframed. It's awesome. Um, Reframed, it's looking through the lens of Jesus so we can see clearly, accurately. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter one. I can hear you flipping in your Bibles. I was in the Psalms. I don't know how that happened. Um, so while we're turning and once you get there, I'm gonna give us a little bit of background information on this church that Paul is writing to. So Paul's life was transformed. We saw that last week that takes place in the book of Acts and then Paul's life is so transformed that he wants everybody to know about Jesus. So he leaves his city. He goes and shares the gospel, shares Jesus with other cities that haven't heard the good news about Jesus. And so Corinth is one of these cities. So Paul comes to the city of Corinth and he proclaims Jesus. He proclaims that Jesus died for their sins to take the penalty of their sins, which was death that Jesus rose again in new life and that through Jesus, we get new life too. He was so excited about this experience that he had had and realized that this is the truth. And he was seeing so clearly and he wanted everyone else to see clearly also. I also want everyone to see clearly. So if you haven't gone to the eye doctor, you definitely should try it, especially you, Josh Moran. You guys can encourage him if you see him to go to the eye doctor. He's never been before. He's never had that really difficult test of, one or two, one or two, which I think is really hard. And sometimes I think that they are um, trying to trick me, especially towards the end when the lenses get pretty similar. And I'm like, are you trying to just see if I'm lying? And it's very stressful and I'm stressing out thinking about it. So we're not gonna think about glasses anymore. Actually we are. So first Corinthians one. Um, so Paul goes to be a missionary. He comes to the city of Corinth and he shares Jesus with these people. Now the city of Corinth itself is a very busy, very populated place. Um, most scholars would say it's something like New York City, Los Angeles, um, Las Vegas, kind of all wrapped into one. It is a city that is like, like sex everywhere, um, big business everywhere. There's lots of money, but there's also lots of disparities. So there are very, very rich people and there are very, very poor people. And there are 
um, a lot of hierarchies, not only socioeconomically, but um, religious hierarchies and hierarchy because of gender. And so Paul comes into this city and he starts to share Jesus. He starts to make disciples who make disciples, kind of like what we're doing here at JMU. And so Paul goes to Corinth, he lives there for about a year and a half, and he just makes disciples. He shares Jesus. He teaches this, these people what he knows to be true about God and what he knows to be true about them. And a really awesome thing happens. The community, this church community, the church, which I'll say church, but I mean the community of God. There weren't like buildings or churches then for people who followed Jesus. Um, and so this com these community of believers in Corinth, in Corinth um, this community, was starting to look very different than their culture. Instead of having hierarchies, they began to see one another as equals, all made in the image of God. And they began to love each other well. They began to sacrifice for each other. They began to play a lot of Super Smash Brothers together and watch a lot of movies together. Just kidding, they didn't do that. They didn't have technology. But they lived life together. And as they did and as they pursued Jesus, they began to be this beautiful community that looked like Jesus. They were seeing everything through the lens of the gospel and it changed their lives and it changed their community. And so Paul is super excited and he's like, you guys are doing great. You've learned a lot, keep going, like keep pressing in, keep pressing on. And then he leaves Corinth to go and share the good news of Jesus with other cities. And so this letter, tonight and for the rest of this semester that we're going to read and study um, is a letter that Paul writes about three years later after leaving Corinth. So Paul, when he's in the city of Ephesus, which yes, he wrote a letter to, it's called Ephesians. Now you know so much about the Bible. You guys are all Bible scholars. Um, but he's in Ephesus and he gets a report about the church in Corinth. And unlike how he left the church in Corinth, thriving, a beautiful picture of grace and love and the gospel, now the church in Corinth, the people of God, the community of God in Corinth, looks a lot more like the culture of Corinth instead of like Jesus. So there are all kinds of problems. There are divisions in the church. There are people who aren't valuing their bodies any longer. There are people withholding and misunderstanding forgiveness. And the idea of love has been super violated and misunderstood. And they become really, really prideful of all that they have and all of their accomplishments and about the gifts that God has given them as individuals and as a community, as if they themselves had earned or created these gifts that were actually given by God. And so overall, instead of looking different than culture, the church in Corinth started looking a lot more like the culture of Corinth. And so Paul gets news of this and he is super mad. He is like righteously angry, where he's like, no, this is not the way that it's supposed to be. This is not the way that you're supposed to, to act. This is not the way that you love one another. This is not the way that you act when you've been transformed by the gospel. 
by Jesus himself. He's like, there is so much more. There's so many better ways to live through the lens of the gospel. And so Paul writes this letter, 1 Corinthians. And like I said, we're going to take all semester to look at it. Um, And Paul uses some really strong language through the letter, and he has some serious corrections for them with the main idea being that the lens that they were seeing through, right, is wrong. They were being prideful. They were seeing through selfishness. And instead, they needed to look through the lens of the gospel of Jesus. Do you like these? They're really awesome. We'll talk about those later. They need to look through the lens of the good news of Jesus. So let's start with chapter 1, verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. So you're like, Katie, I thought this was a letter to Corinth. Why is it addressed to Paul? Well, what you'll notice in scripture is that in the letters of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, um, many times, most times, the letter is actually begun, it begins with um, whoever wrote the letter, which is actually really smart because I know if I get a letter and it doesn't have a return address, I'm going to look who sent it so that I can understand like who's writing this letter and what it means to me. And so Paul's like, it's me, Paul. And then he gives them his credentials. Because remember I said, he's gonna say some really strong stuff in this letter. And so he's like, hey, by the way, I've been called by an apostle um, of Christ, by the will of God. And so he's like, this isn't just me talking. This is also what I believe God has for you. And so then we move to chapter two. Paul takes the time to remind them of who they are. Chapter, or verse two says, to the church of God in Corinth and those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So you might be like, whoa, this sounds really nice, Katie. Like, where does he get, bring the hammer? Well, Paul wants to cast vision for the community. He loves this community. That's why he's angry, because he knows that they could be living such a greater life, a life more abundant. And so Paul takes time in the beginning, and we're just gonna read the introduction today. He takes time in the beginning to remind them of who they are, who they still are. And so Paul says that they are sanctified. How are they sanctified? They're sanctified in Christ Jesus. So God has transformed them inwardly and so that they can be transformed outwardly because of Jesus in Christ Jesus. And then he says they're called to be his holy people. They are called by who? By God to be what? His holy people. And the word holy means set apart. It means different. And then he says that This isn't just about them as individuals or even as an individual community, but together with everyone, everywhere, who calls on the name of the Lord, this is for community. And so Paul reminds them that nothing 
about who they are as individuals, as a community, is really about them. And nothing that they have been given has been something they have earned. It's been grace by God. It's been in Christ Jesus. And he reminds them like, hey, you are a holy people. Because if they don't believe that they are a holy people, they won't act like holy people, right? If they don't recognize that they are holy, they won't act holy. And so Paul reminds them of who they are. And then he says in verse four, I always thank my God for you because his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So wait, this is sounding really nice, right? Paul is super frustrated with this community. So why in the world would he say this? I always thank my God for you. Is he just like buttering them up? No, Paul's reminding them that even though he's aware of their current behaviors, their current community situation, that he's still thankful because God has transformed them. God has given them grace and he is thankful for that and reminding them of that. And then he explains it further. Verse five, for in him, in God, you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is like, you know what? God in him, in God, you've been enriched in every way. And he says, even your speech, that's great. And all your knowledge that you have, that came from God. You can't be prideful about that. It's a gift from God that he's given you. And then he said, it's God confirming our testimony, like Valerie shared tonight, her testimony, our testimony about Christ among you. And it's a testimony of God, right? God's testimony, God's faithfulness. And so he says, therefore, because God has already done the work, you don't lack anything because you didn't earn anything to begin with. It was all given to you by God. And it says, it's so sweet. It says that God in verse eight, God will also keep you firm to the end. That means death, <laughs> the ends of time on this earth that God will keep them firm so that they'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Katie, how can you be blameless? Like you just told us what they were doing. They're doing that, right? They get the blame. Well, that's the crazy thing about Jesus is that he takes the blame. He takes the penalty for our sins on himself. And we get to be presented as blameless in Christ. And verse nine sums it all up very well, that it's God's grace that was given to these people in Christ Jesus. He says, God is faithful. And God is the one who called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He says, it was God and it still is God who is calling you into fellowship with himself. It's not something to be prideful or self-focused about. 
It's not because of what you've done and nothing you have done can change the fact that God loves you and that you can be presented blameless as you are in Christ. The enrichment that you've been given, the good speech, that's not you either. It's because of God. So we know that God is faithful and God who has called you, Church in Corinth, God who has called you, JMU Chi Alpha, God has called you sitting there watching this Instagram live or maybe listening on the podcast later, God has called you, summoned you to himself, into fellowship, into deep transformative fellowship with God himself. And that is how we are found blameless. And that is what the Corinthian church can boast about. Not what they've done themselves, but about what God has done in them and what they can do because of God. So Paul's correcting them and guiding them in this introduction. He's recasting vision for them saying, hey, you guys knew this once. Like we had a beautiful community happening. You believed this and you lived out those beliefs and you can once again do this as you see yourself through the right lens, which is the lens of Jesus and what Jesus can do. And it's still true today. You are called by God. You, you are called by God. Like that in and of itself is amazing. You are called by God to be holy. You don't make yourself holy. God is the one who makes you holy, set apart, sanctified, found blameless. There's nothing that you have done and nothing that you can do that will change that. Your identity in Christ is secure in Christ. And God wants you to see yourself through the lens of the gospel, through the good news of Jesus, because God knows that as you see yourself correctly and clearly, that that will not only impact you and your day-to-day life, it will also impact the community of believers around you. You will look like the image of God. You will love like Jesus. And it will also impact, it will also impact the greater JMU campus and eventually the whole world. Because that's what we're going for is world domination. We want everyone in the world to know, just like Paul did, we want everyone in the world to know this glorious hope, this transformation that is available through Jesus Christ. And so Paul knows that he needs to begin with this truth in this letter because he's going to talk about practically how seeing everything through the lens of Jesus changes things day to day, but he knows that he first has to deal with the church, the community of believers as individuals in order for them to know that they are loved by God, that they are holy, and that they are called to be set apart, which means they're called to be different than the culture that they live in. And you and I are called to be different than the culture that we live in. And so... Tonight, um, we're going to end um, with a question. So I have two questions for you. And Rachel's going to play some nice music for ambiance. So thankful for her. 
Um, the question that I'd like you to reflect on is just to ask God. Um, just spend a minute. You can close your eyes. You can keep your eyes open. I find closing my eyes helpful because it limits distractions. Um, and I just want you to ask, ask God to share with you because we believe that God still speaks to people today. Ask God to speak to you and, and answer this question. How would today have been different if I viewed myself through the lens of the gospel? How would this week have been different? What would change if you viewed yourself through the lens of Christ? What would change? And the second question is this, how would viewing yourself through the lens of Christ change our community of JMU Chi Alpha? And how would it change other communities that you're in? If you tonight, and if we corporately, you individually and we corporately would view ourselves through the lens of Jesus. So we're going to take a moment to do that and then we're going to close. Colossians 2.13.
2.10. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. 2 Corinthians 1.21. I have direct access to God. Ephesians 2.18. I can always know the presence of God because He never leaves me. Hebrews 13.12. So God, we thank you that all of these scriptures are true, that because of you, God, we get to be holy and set apart. We get to live a transformed life. We get to have peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace because it doesn't come from us, it comes from you, God. So I pray that as we um, contemplate the gospel tonight, that as we understand what life is like when viewed through the lens of Jesus and the good news of the gospel. God, that we would have life abundant, that we would have peace, that we would have greater love for our roommates and our friends and greater understanding and that we would be able to see the bigger picture. Lord, I thank you that it's not because of what we do, but it is because of who you are and that we don't boast in ourselves, we boast about you, Jesus, King Jesus. And so I thank you, God, that you give us new life in you and that because of that, we get to live different. So help us live different. When we are noticing that we are living different, God, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. God, that you would help us be steadfast. Like your word said tonight, Lord, you would help us be firm and stand firm until the end, Holy Spirit. And so, God, I just thank you, and I pray that wherever we find ourselves tonight, if we are in quarantine because we have COVID, if we are um, at home, home, if we are living um, with our housemates right now, God, I just pray that your presence would be felt by us, would be known by us, and that this new life in you would be a reality for us. Thank you for the gifts you give us, God. And thank you for this community of believers that we can look like you, that we can look like your image, that we can love like you, and that we can be your hands and feet here on earth. And so I thank you, God, that you have given us this great um, mandate to go and make disciples. And I just pray that, um, that we would do that as we see things through the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, well, we have a gift for you tonight. You can come pick it up tonight if you want from my front porch um, or anytime this week. They're going to be on the front porch. If you don't know where I live, ask your core group leader. If you're not in a core group, send us a message on the website, jmuxa.com. They are sunglasses. So they say Chi Alpha on one side with an XA and then they say anchored on the other with an anchor. And they're really awesome. You saw a sneak peek earlier. Um, and so we want you guys to have these as a gift and as a reminder that every time you wear them, that you would see things differently, that you would see through the lens of Jesus. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you. May he turn his countenance towards you and may he give you peace as you see everything through the lens of the gospel.